Stop podcast surfing. You're in the right place. <laughs> I've always wanted to sing. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Kimberlon B. I am a licensed counselor, but I'm not your counselor. <laughs> I'm also the host of Good Tea and Reads. So I created Good Tea and Reads so we could use everyday topics, issues, and current events to explain the importance of mental health awareness. Mental health discussions are so important because so many suffer in silence or do not realize that they're dealing with mental health issues because of stigmas, society and family expectations, and other reasons. Some episodes on Good Tea and Reads are heavy and will make us think. Other episodes will be very enlightening or refreshing. But either way, you will have an awesome experience. Here's the disclaimer. Any information shared on Good Tea and Reads is not a substitute for seeking professional care from another professional. Any information shared on Good Tea and Reads is not meant to diagnose the subjects or persons discussed on this podcast. All right, so enough, enough of this intro. All right, so go grab your cups really quick so I can pour this piping hot tea. Meet me on the inside at one, two, three. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is your host, Kimberlon B. I am the host of Good Tea and Reads. So glad to be back with you today. Hope all is well. But I do have a question for you before we get started on today's episode. What have you done for yourself lately? It almost sounds like I'm singing a Janet Jackson tune or saying one. But no, honestly, what have you done for self-care? And self-care may look different for each and every one of us. Some people probably only have five minutes to engage in self-care, where others may take five hours for self-care or 500 hours. (laughs) I don't know what that looks like for you, but honestly, I'm hoping that you can answer that question with, this is what I've done for myself, and that you're actually, you know, talking to me. I mean, I got my ear close to the microphone, So hopefully I can hear you sharing what you've done. Now, I hope that you're not saying or thinking like, girl, I I didn't do anything. I had a jam-packed weekend. I had to take the kiddos here. I had to go here. I had to take care of this. I had to run errands. I had to clean my house. And you just going on and on and on. And you're not saying anything about what you've done for self-care. No judgment here, okay? But I do want to say, if you're not able to answer that question, you now have a homework assignment to engage in self-care. You determine the time. It's not on my time. You figure out what works best for you. So the next time I come on and I say, hello, you. Yes, you. What have you done for self-care? You're able to share what you've done. And I'm like, Bravo! Way to go! Yay! (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so I'm holding you to this promise. We're going to cyber pinky promise right now that you will engage in self-care. All right. All right, so today's episode is titled The Tea on Parasocial Relationships. And on this episode, we will be exploring the connection between parasocial relationships and their impact on mental health. So go grab your cups so I can pour this piping hot tea. All right, I'm giving you about three seconds to go get your cup so I can pour the tea. All right, because I don't want this show to go on too long because I may lose your attention. All right, so I hope you got your cups. I'm getting ready to pour the tea. Go find that cozy seat because we will be together for the next 60 to 65 minutes. I know that sounds really long. Tell the kiddos, just give you this hour, give you this moment. Tell the spouse or the significant other to just hold up, back up off you, and just give you an hour so Kimberlon can talk to you. I'm not trying to come between anything. Hey, I'm only trying to enhance that mental health, okay? (laughs) All right. So I hope that you're comfortable and we're getting ready to get started. So I want to start with my disclaimer at the very beginning, because once I get rolling, I just want to go, okay? So I will mention mention several examples to provide insight on parasocial relationships. So they're just random examples that I chose, all right? Um, I'm not going to focus on that specific person or any specifics related to those examples, because I don't know all of the details Um, related to that situation. I am only focusing on the general mental health information to increase awareness of mental health. There is no need to challenge me with the would-haves, could-haves, and should-haves, and why didn't you use this? Why didn't you bring up that? I'm just merely using the examples to describe parasocial relationships. All right, so we're getting ready to get started. I know some of you are probably familiar with parasocial relationships and others may be thinking, "Mm, what the heck is a parasocial relationship? (laughs) I'm glad that you asked. And those that didn't ask, if you're thinking it, I heard you. Just know I heard you mm, and we're on the same cyber wavelength. So I want to make sure that we're all on one accord because we're talking about parasocial relationships. And I want everybody to have an understanding because I don't want you leaving the episode because you like, I don't know what the heck she's talking about. So parasocial relationships are described as one-sided relationships or bonds with people you don't know. And you're probably like, what? Yeah. Yes, this is with people that you don't know. All right. So let's dig a little bit deeper, okay? So the person may enter. A parasocial relationship with a celebrity, it can be a fictional character from a television show or a book, a video game character. It can be a media figure, a singer, a blogger, podcaster, social media influencer. And you can engage in these type of relationships and you may have never met the person before. 
So I'm hoping that this is starting to sound familiar to you now. And I did say earlier that it's a one-sided relationship, but today with reality television and social media, the nature and intimacy of parasocial relationships have really evolved. Media outlets allow viewers, and that's us, share the most intimate and personalized details with celebrities, right? I mean, if you think we can go watch a live and we can hear our favorite person talk to us about what they're doing, how was their day, what they're working on, so forth and so on. So I hope you're getting the point. Um, so um, celebrities, they also share their opinions and they openly share their opinions and us being their fans or their admirers, you know, however you want to look at that, we actually value what they have to say on certain issues. And we can catch them on like X, for example, AKA Twitter. We can see them on Instagram. We can catch them on Facebook and we can catch them on OnlyFans. (laughs) Oh gosh, fan, fan, fan. And I know some people are probably like, if they know Kimberlon B, why is she talking about OnlyFans? Look, it is a media outlet. And people can engage into parasocial relationship because they're on OnlyFans. They have like a deeply intimate relationship with their fans. (laughs) So that's why I was using OnlyFans. But I know that there's other examples out there. Okay. So, I mean, hey, I don't judge anybody that's doing OnlyFans. So I don't want to counsel her. Uh, campaign out. No, thank you. Okay. If people want to do OnlyFans, that's okay, right? If they want to do something strange for a little change, that's on them. That's not on me. All right. To each its own. Okay. All right. So while parasocial relationships still remain one-sided, they have transformed into more interactive environments because we are actually able to communicate with celebrities and media figures. Now, um, sometimes they call you up on their lives and you can participate in their lives. So this actually increases the intimacy and the strength of those parasocial relationships. You know me, I always have a story. I told people that I'm very mature and I'm very transparent. So, hey. So I got to share this with you. So to be honest, the term parasocial relationship was very new to me. So my son and I, we were talking um, about a conflict or an AKA beef that had happened between two rappers and they had a large following and both of their followings were talking about the opposing rapper, you know, and so... He was like, oh, so what you talking about? Because I was talking because that's what, you know, I do. I just talk, talk, talk. And he says, so what you're talking about is that they're in a parasocial relationship. And I was like, what? Hmm. Is that so? I really didn't want to let him know that I didn't know what the heck he was talking about. But I'm like, okay. Because, see, I never know, never knew that this name existed 
for these types of relationships. Now, I am familiar and heard in the past of these type of relationships happening, right? Being a fan, you know. Um, I shelved everything under the term fan, super fan, you know, or celebrity crush or crush, um, crazed, uh, you know, no judgment. I even said delusional. Some people was like just off the chain about uh, their celebrities, okay? <laughs> and yeah, I use these terms, you know, in my pre-counseling heydays, right? So please don't come for me. And I don't want anyone thinking, oh my gosh, she's a therapist and she's calling people crazy and all of that. And she's saying to reduce stigmas and look at her throwing those words out. No, I just said it was my pre-counseling Hey days, okay. So I was just sharing my previous personal perspective. Um, and I just wanted to add a detailed description to elaborate on how I came to know the term parasocial relationships and why I wanted to do research on it and I wanted to talk about it on this episode. So while this term was really new to me and maybe new to you. Parasocial relationships aren't really a new thing, or that term isn't really new also. So the term parasocial relationship was first introduced in 1956 by researchers Donald Horton and R. Richard Wall, following the rise of media like TV, radio, and movies which they said gave the illusion of face of the face-to-face -face relationship with the performer so we were able to watch and there was we were able to actually connect with those people that we admire by these um media outlets so let me explain before we move on because parasocial relationships are different from being a huge fan. And I don't want anyone to think because I'm a fan or I like this person or I admire this person or I look up to this person that I'm in a parasocial relationship. I just don't want us to just dive in like that. So the difference between people in parasocial relationships and being a fan is that people in para parasocial relationships, they honestly believe that they are in a relationship with that individual that they admire. So parasocial relationships are also different from stalkers. Stalk stalkers. <laughs> Me and my words trying to say stalkers, okay? Um, people that are in parasocial relationships believe uh, that they are engaged in an imaginary or fantasy relationship with that individual. And typically they do not display any type of behavior outside of that imaginary or fantasy zone in their mind. But stalkers, on the other hand, develop an, an intent to follow a be or part of that person's life at any expense by any means necessary. Yeah, so that's when it goes up a notch, right? All right, so let's discuss some reasons people may engage in parasocial relationships. For the sake of time, I'm actually going to kind of fly through it. 
So loneliness is a reason. So people who are lonely may form parasocial relationship as a way to fill that emotional void that's in their lives. Because as humans, we want to feel that sense of connection with someone. And some people may say, no, that's not true. But everyone wants to feel that emotional connection. All right. Escapism. Yes, such a word. So people may turn parasocial relationships into a way to escape from their daily lives and lose themselves like in a fantasy world of their media figures. Like if you're having a rough time or if you're in a toxic relationship or, you know, something is going on and you just want to take those moments to just fantasize, you know, interacting with your favorite celebrity. You just want to escape from your reality for that moment. Um, Some people engage in parasocial relationships for identification purposes. Um, They want to identify with that media figure that they they look up to um, because they may have like similar interests to that person. Or they may be able to relate to that person because that person have shared experiences that the individual can relate to. Like if someone's gone through trauma, if someone's gone through a divorce and they've bounced back in this most heroic way, then you may have someone who's listening to them and was like, oh my gosh, if they did it, I can do it the same way they did it. Um, Social comparison. Um, Some people may form a parasocial relationship with media figures as a way to compare themselves and evaluate their own self-worth. Celebrity idol and worship Some people form these parasocial relationships with media figures simply because they admire them. They idolize them. So these are several ways that people engage in parasocial relationships. But I do want to note, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, that parasocial relationships are not harmful in nature. But people should be aware of the distinction between reality and fantasy and should not use them as a substitute for real life relationships. So there are some pros and cons of parasocial relationships. So the benefits of parasocial relationships are that they do provide that sense of companionship and connection to media personalities, and they can be a positive role model for people. Some people may have a hard time making friends or they may have lost a recent friend or even think about during the pandemic briefly, if someone had to uh, stay home, they weren't able to communicate with anyone. Um, This sense of companionship probably is something that got them through periods where they were feeling down because we were all dealing with this unknown related to this pandemic and being able to connect with someone and engage in that parasocial relationship help get them through. Um, 
Parasocial relationships can provide comfort and escape from realities, life um, problems or stressors. Like if someone's struggling at school, struggling at work, you know, it can give them that comfort or that escape just for that moment. Um, Parasocial relationships can also inspire and motivate people to pursue personal goals or passion. Because if there's somebody that you like and you model and you like a role model to you, and you see that they're doing something, it may inspire you to do something. And hopefully that something is healthy and not an unhealthy habit. Um, these relationships can be a source of entertainment and enjoyment, especially if you as that admirer or that fan realize that the relationship is just for fun, right? It's just for fun. It's just for giggles. And it does not affect uh, your personality or your decision-making skills. So it's okay to have these parasocial relationships as long as you're able to separate it. Um, also, it can foster a sense of community and belonging amongst individuals who share similar interests and fandoms. Like there's different groups, uh, social media, you can actually join groups with people that are like-minded or in the same career as you or admire the same celebrity that you admire. We have like the beehives, for example, we have the Swifties, you know, so forth and so on. There's actually... Um, pottery groups, <laughs> you know, so there's different ways that we can have that sense of community. And um, it can also be a source of inspiration for creativity. So it can be like cosplay. Um, I know they have the, is it the Comic-Con sometimes and people dress up as their favorite characters and they actually come together um, at the convention center or at an auditorium in their city and they just hang out and they're able to meet other people that have their favorite person that they connect with and they're actually able to meet like some of the authors or some of the creators that's behind that um, character. So that's pretty cool also. Now, even though I shared the good side of parasocial relationships, there's also a not so bright side, aka the dark side, <laughs> to parasocial relationships. I said earlier that it helps with the loneliness, but parasocial relationships can also lead to feelings of loneliness or social isolation. If the individual invests more time and energy into the parasocial relationship, as opposed to investing time in real life relationships, um, parasocial relationships can also lead to unrealistic expectations and belief about that media figure or that fictional character. And it can result in disappointment when that personality does not reciprocate what that person desires. It's like, I want a friendship with you. And if I'm reaching out to you and the celebrity's response is kind of harsh or stay away or don't message me, you know, because sometimes you can get those answers. 
um, it can cause people in parasocial relationships to become upset. Um, some individuals in parasocial relationships um, can lose their personal identity or their individuality as they may adopt to the beliefs, attitudes, or behaviors of that media figure or that fictional character. So we got to be mindful of making sure we know who we are separate from that media figure that we admire. Um, these relationships can also become obsessive or compulsive, compulsive and can interfere with daily functioning and or responsibilities. So it can actually interrupt what we need to do throughout our day if we're trying to keep up with that media figure. And um, also it can lead to boundary violations or inappropriate behavior, which may eventually lead to real life harm to that media figure. And this is where you'll hear where some people will actually try to, you know, pursue that um, celebrity that's not reciprocating the relationship. They may send like a mean DM to that media figure. They may try to go to a show or an appearance and try to help and get their attention. So it can come out that way as well. Um, there are some fans that can display more loudly, more egregious behavior, including harassing anyone that they feel have offended their favorite media fee, uh, figure. This is the example I'm going to use. So I already threw my disclaimer out there, okay? <laughs> so, no, no, no. <laughs> So I'm going to use Taylor Swift because she has a huge fan base and she's very influential. So an example from the past, uh, Taylor Swift had to instruct her fans not to cyberbully her ex, John Mayer, because when they broke up, it was a thing. And her fans, the AKA Swifties, were very upset. And Taylor had to actually share with, with them her fans, on her social media page. Um, I see so many beautiful interactions happen. I would love for that kindness and that gentleness to extend on to our internet activities. And she actually addressed that. I admire that too. In a more recent example with Taylor Swift fans, so we know everybody's actually is enjoying this current romance between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And we were excited. We were glad to see them get together, so forth and so on. However, Taylor's fans uh, went after Travis's ex, Kayla Nicole. And that's who Travis was with before in the media. Um, and one of Kayla Nicole's Instagram posts Fans of Taylor actually hurled insults at Kayla Nicole, writing things like, and here's some examples. Sorry, sis, you can't compete with a legend like T-Swift. You'll be taking an L every time. And another example, 
Taylor Swift would never post anything like this. Why would any man wife this? Okay, nice to look at, but do you really want this as a wife? Posting like this for all the world to see. I say no thanks. So they actually went after the ex and the ex just made a public post to just share what she was actually dealing with. So I'm not for sure if Taylor had to address her friend, her fans again, because why I'm not in a parasocial relationship with Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> um, I got my own parasocial relationships to worry about. Um, Anyway, we do know that celebrities and media influencers have influence over their fans and can actually speak out on what I like to say, quote unquote, mean people behavior. But it's easier said than done. Um, Celebrities are often reluctant to discuss parasocial relationships for fear of alienating their fan base, but occasionally the situation can get intense enough for them to speak out. All right, so there's levels, honestly, audience, to these parasocial relationships. So I found this information off of the um, Cleveland Clinic website. They have a breakdown of the different types of parasocial relationships. So we're going to quickly discuss these. So in 2006, researchers David Giles and John Maltby classified parasocial relationships into three subcategories. They're entertainment social, intense personal, and borderline pathological. So the primary purpose in separating these different types of relationships is to show you as you're, you're listening to it, but as you read it, because when I was reading it, <laughs> I was like, dang, okay. Um, the amount of control that you have over your feelings. So in entertainment, social, parasocial relationships, that's a mouthful. Um, the majority of parasocial relationships fall into the entertainment social realms. So in other words, it's simply that you're interested in a celebrity or a character because you find them compelling. And being a fan of theirs facilitate the real relationships in your life. So you could be like a member of a fan club, right? Um, Maybe you can just be hanging out with your friends and you enjoy gossiping about the latest scandals surrounding your favorite person, or somebody that's trying to cross your person. Maybe you seek information out about the celebrity in books, magazines, or online communities. So in short, you don't actually know the person in question, but learning and talking about them is just fun. And see, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong. It's a great way to actually make new friends within the group and to learn new things about not only your favorite celebrity, but about other people that share the same awesome opinions as you. So next we have intense personal parasocial relationships. 
The second most common category of parasocial relationship is the intense personal relationship, parasocial relationship. That's a mouthful again. So this level of attachment is like intensive and one probably has compulsive feelings about the celebrity or the media figure. So in an intense personal parasocial relationship, you may understand that the relationship isn't real, but you're not fully in control of your feelings for the person or that character in question either. So it's one thing to have that celebrity crush, as I mentioned earlier, hey, because many of us do. But it's another thing to be obsessed. And what I mean by obsessed is to feel that a person that you never met before is your soulmate or your best friend or someone who deserves to be worshipped. <laughs> so people with an intense personal parasocial relationship may feel the need to check their favorite celebrities' social media every day. Or they may struggle to focus on other things like work or school or, you know, even going to bed or doing their chores, just anything in their daily activities. Because those intense emotions may prevent you from building close bonds with other people because you are so focused on what that celebrity is doing. You'll probably... Stop texting because a lot of people I heard don't talk on the phone anymore. They like to text their friend, but you may stop texting your friend because you're scrolling, trying to keep up with your favorite celebrity or someone called. You may not answer the phone for hours because you're trying to keep up with that celebrity, your favorite celebrity. Um, This will cause that rift with building that close bond with other people that are in your reality circle, so to speak. And it can actually cause rift with people that you're probably close to. Because if you're trying to keep up with your celebrity and they're trying to communicate with you or want to hang out with you and you keep saying, no, 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 my favorite celebrity is going live tonight. No, I got to read up on this. I really don't feel like going because they're going to be on this show. Then people may stop asking you to go places. Um, And it may actually also um, impact friendships. All right. So the last type of parasocial relationship level, it's called borderline pathological parasocial relationships. Another mouthful. (laughs) Now, this is a least common type of parasocial relationship, but it can be the most dangerous form of parasocial relationship. So in these situations, a person can no longer control their thoughts or their feelings, or in some cases, their behavior. So a borderline pathological parasocial relationship may lead to stalking or violence. So here's an example of what that really looked like so we can all have the same understanding. The example that was used was, I would gladly die in order to save the life of my favorite celebrity. The second is, if I walk through the door of my 
favorite celebrity's house. They would be so happy to see me. So um, one of the examples that they actually use to describe a borderline pathological parasocial relationship is the one that compelled, um, and this may be well over someone's head if you're very young, um, so you probably have to go Google and look up the history on it. Um, The example that was used in the research was John Hinckley Jr. And um, he actually shot the president, Ronald Reagan, in 1981. And he revealed that he shot the president in an attempt to impress actress Jodie Foster. All right. So it can actually get to that level. Okay. So even though we've covered like the different levels of parasocial relationships, and I talked about, remember, there's benefits to them, but then I did talk about the kind of the dark side of them, and we just reviewed the different levels. One may actually question if parasocial relationships are good or bad after listening to this breakdown. It's like, yeah, I don't know what to think. Because you said it's okay, but that didn't sound okay. You just talked about how someone shot someone, you know, <laughs> to, you know, impress their favorite celebrities. Um, so parasocial relationships aren't good or bad. They're just what they are. They're just parasocial relationships. Um, it's best to think of them um in a way as, okay, I have this relationship with my with the celebrity you know is it just for fun or is it very intense and engage that against your mental health because like i said sometimes it can just be for fun hey you know morris chestnut is on tv hey he's gonna get my attention this is my example everyone and then i can just watch that movie for that moment Once it's done, over with, back to reality. But if I find myself just obsessing behind it and watching it over and over and over again, and I'm calling in work to watch that same movie, now that's a little bit extreme. So gauge how it's impacting your mental health. Um, If you experience parasocial relationships as a positive part of your life, you're probably in a good place emotionally and socially. But if they start to feel like overwhelming, as I've mentioned a couple of times already, taking over your daily activities or they start to take over your life, you may have some underlying mental health challenges to address. This doesn't mean, because I like to reduce stigma, this doesn't mean that you're crazy. That's not what I'm saying when I say that you may have underlying mental health challenges. So I don't want you to think that anything is wrong. Sometimes if if we have barriers in making friends, because this is a real thing. I don't, if somebody has struggles with making friends, it is more common than you know. It's just that a lot of people don't talk about it. These are things you can actually uh, seek a higher level of care for. You can actually go meet with a counselor or a therapist to discuss and work on those things. Here's other ways to gauge if you should see a counselor or a therapist. 
if you start to choose your parasocial relationship over a real life connection. That's one way. Um, you stop pursuing opportunities to create new real life relationships. You have found, in other words, you have found comfort and communicating with someone through Instagram or through Facebook, you know, and that's how you communicate with people. And you really don't want to meet or make any friends anymore. You're just okay with sitting in your cyber bubble and and, and making relationships that way. Um, if you're seeking fulfillment in a parasocial relationship, uh, you may want to go and talk with the counselor or therapist about it. Um, also, if you take the parasocial relationship to unrealistic or dangerous levels, such as a stalking level, um, you definitely may want to go meet with someone and discuss. Or you're using all of your mental energy on the parasocial relationship. Something's going on. Uh, a news break just came out about your favorite celebrity or that media figure. And you're using all of your mental energy trying to figure out why, what happened, what's the cause behind this. And it's just consuming you that you can't focus on anything else but this. And you're so focused on it that it's starting to exhaust you or starting to stress you out. So, um, those are some ways to engage whether or not you need to um, seek counseling. All right, so counseling or therapy can help you understand how and why the fantasy of the parasocial relationship is soothing to emotions. And it can also help with breaking down that delusion and developing coping skills if need be. Um, if you know someone forms a parasocial relationship and it seems to be interfering with their lives, causing addictions, or leads to risky behaviors to where if they say their favorite celebrity is going to be at this place and you see that they're emptying out their bank accounts to go meet up with their favorite celebrity... Um, it's a good idea to just try to talk to them about it. Again, you know, most people will not go and talk to the counselor or the therapist first. They usually talk to their friends or they may confide in a family member. So it's okay if you try to talk to them, but be kind of like that neutral sounding board. Don't be like, hey, you're starting to sound like a nut job. Because sometimes we'll use that, hey, are you okay? You know, it sounds like you're losing it behind this person. And comments like that causes stigma. And it can also cause defensiveness as well. And they may choose not to go, you know, seek that level a level of care. Or they may even shut down and decide not to talk to you about what they're going through because of those words. So just be mindful and try to have that conversation with them. Um, you know, be compassionate and supportive and avoid judgment. 
I think sometimes we, when we talk, we want to just make sure that people are okay. And it's just like, hey, you know how it's going and just listen in and just say, wow, you know, um, I really don't have the words to say. I'm not sure what to say. Um, have you ever thought about talking to someone? You can say that. You just don't, again, want to say like, hey, you sound like you crazy. Or when they call, I don't want to talk to that person. I don't know. They sound like they're nuts. You don't <laughs> You don't want to say those type of words. Um, so please avoid the judgment. Um, because um, nobody likes to be called out. I mean, even think about it. Like if you're dealing with something or you ask somebody their opinion on something, because we're human and we will ask their opinion. You don't want anyone saying, if you're like, hey, do you like this dress? Are you, you know, freaking nuts? That, that dress is hideous. Why would you pick that? You know, we don't want to be called out or, you know, if it's like, hey, this is my thoughts on this topic. This is my thoughts on the current event. You don't want anyone saying, you out of your mind. You act like you're losing it. You don't want people saying stuff like that. That doesn't feel good. So we want to be mindful of what we say to others, okay? Um, especially if we think that that parasocial relationship that they're in may be impacting their daily activity or it may seem like it's getting to a level where it's like, ooh, I don't know if this is okay, Um and just know that if you're approaching someone and you're there to talk to them, they may seem re resistance. They may seem defensive. They may even try to push you away um, because this is a parasocial relationship to them. As we mentioned before, there's some sense of connection. There's some benefit that they're getting from this parasocial relationship. So it may take a few conversations to actually get them to see that they may need to go see a counselor or a therapist, you know, if it's at that level, of course. So that's it in a nutshell about parasocial relationships. I really like covering like topics that probably isn't publicly covered, um, things that probably don't deserve enough attention. So I try to just find topics um, like this so we can increase our knowledge. Um, another thing that inspired me to talk about parasocial relationships, again, are the, the beefs that was happening or the conflicts between celebrities. They have their own following. And, you know, their followings will actually go after somebody else's um, team, or they may go after that celebrity. Um, one of the most recent situations that actually happened, and we could say it's a result of a parasocial relationship. Again, I don't know all of the details surrounding it. I'm just using this as an example. Um, the current beef between Meg the Stallion and Nicki Minaj, you know, they were, you know, going back and forth for whatever reason, right? Again, I'm not getting into those details, but 
a person identified as a Barb that was one of Nicki Minaj's fans, or hey, they may not even have been a Barb, for all we know, but we'll just say that they were a, a Barb, allegedly leaked the address of Meg the Stallion's mom's gravesite and said something about, you know what to do. And so it caused a big uproar in the media outlets. You know, I don't know if it was true, false or whatever. I was just using that as an example. And that person, whoever listed that there, may have a parasocial relationship with Nicki Minaj because they admire Nicki Minaj. (laughs) So it's just being mindful um, of what's going on in your world again using that gauge um to see if you're okay because we we have people i have you know i call them crushes i have celebrities that i like to follow and i'm able to follow it and separate it um i do want to say if you do again find yourself in a situation where it's getting really intense behind your favorite celebrity or media figure and you're starting to feel like I'm investing a lot of time or this is really taking its toll on me and you don't feel comfortable talking to your friends or family, that's what counseling and therapy is for. It's actually a neutral space that's designed for you to talk freely. It's a no judgment zone. That's what I tell the clients that come and see me. Because you can't talk to certain people because they either try to fix it or they try to judge you for it. But in that counseling or therapy room, that is your place for you to talk about what you are experiencing. And that person, that counselor, that therapist that's sitting there alongside of you should be there to work with you. Okay? So if you don't feel comfortable, you don't feel safe, or they making you feel like you're that uh, they're judging you. Now, again, I like to throw this in. They're going to challenge you. Hopefully they're challenging you to identify strategies. But if you feel like they're judging you or they're saying things, you know, have you ever blah, blah, blah before and you start and they just won't let it go and you're starting to feel like not comfortable with them. You can either have a conversation with them. I'm I'm always quick to say you can fire them, but you can have a conversation with them like you made me feel this way. If you feel like you can have that conversation with them. But if you don't, just know that you do have the ability to fire them. But when you fire them, I don't want you saying, I'm not going to do this therapy thing anymore. No, I don't want you giving up on the therapy thing. I want you to go and try to find somebody else. Think about your preferences. And that means what, what, who are you comfortable with and share that and see if you can find somebody that you would be comfortable with, because that also helps with reduce stigmas as well. So use your voice. It's actually your choice. Um, and go find someone to talk to. Okay. Um, Awareness of mental health as well. And it's okay um, to speak your piece and to speak what you have to say. (laughs) Okay, so 
um, please don't give up on your mental health. You know, most of us, we pursue when we have physical health issues, we pursue fixing those issues. We'll go to the doctors. We'll go to the gym. Now, I don't know how committed we're going to be at the gym. You know, I'm, I'm still working on my commitment piece, but we will do something about that. But with mental health, sometimes we're hesitant. Okay. We got to reduce those stigmas. We do. We got to normalize um, focusing on our mental health. It's so important. It's so important. Um, this has been great. I think I'm going to, going to end here because I could just stay on talking about the importance of mental health awareness. I feel like I'm on loop. It just, I'm just stuck. Remember back in the days, some of y'all may not be old enough to where we had records and that record would have a scratch or maybe I could say a CD. I'll bring it down just a little bit more. And it had a scratch and it just was skip, skip, skip. That's what I'm starting to sound like. So I'm going to go ahead and close this out now. I enjoy talking about parasocial relationships. This is great. Um, Remember, investing in yourself is one of the most valuable investments you will make in your life. Okay. So next time on Good Tea and Reads, we are going to talk about, drum roll please, never mind, you'll have to come back and see. (laughs) Currently, uh, this podcast is on Spotify. I am still working on expanding to other sites for this podcast. And I promise you, audience, I'm going to get there. Okay. Um, I'm getting there, getting there slowly, but surely, not surely. Okay. (laughs) I'm not surely. This is Kimberly B (laughs) with Good Tea and Reads. So until next time, I am signing off. Take care. This has been another fabulous episode on Good Tea and Reads. I am your host, Kimberlon B, and I want to leave you with one message. If you or someone you know is struggling or is in crisis, help is available. You can call or text 988, or you can chat at 988lifeline.org. One more option You can also text Mental Health of America at 741-741. Choose to not suffer in silence. And remember, awareness of mental health is wealth. Signing off.